You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 465. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen all the way over in the UK. Hello, David. Hello. We strung Can you a very hear me through the tubes from the tubes. We strung a very long string. Um, yeah, it is actually kind of a very long it string. Pretty much it's is. Ele- yes, yeah, electronic a lot and fiber string, but nevertheless, it is kind of a string. We need uh, more strings. More strings. More tubes. Yeah. <laughs> You never have too many tubes. Never, never too many tubes. It's, take, it's taken me 50 years on this planet to learn you can never have too many tubes. Uh, anyways, I've got like four jokes for that, but I'm just going to let every one of them go. So, uh, obviously, we uh, we do two shows every month. We hope you guys are listening to The Geek's Pub and uh, here on TechFan. Two, two shows a month for this show, two shows a month for the other. We skip every now and then. You know, we need... Yep family time and stuff like that for us here in the u.s this is a cool week because it is the beginning of the thanksgiving week which basically means i get out of work a little bit early on friday yeah or uh uh, wednesday i have thursday off and then the madness of the christmas shopping season begins on friday and i saw news that walmart's actually gonna be closed that day really yeah that's what i saw well wow why is that uh, is it because thank, thanks to the worldwide shortages, they have very little to sell? I don't know. I don't go into Walmart any more than I ever have to. I hate that store. Um, yeah, but but what is the reason? I, I have no idea. <laughs> let, let, maybe I read it wrong. Let me. Walmart to close. Oh, just on Thanksgiving. Oh wait, on Black Friday. Let me see. It says nothing. Uh. Warm, why Walmart will be closed on Thanksgiving? Well, yeah, of course they're Walmart closing all stars Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Uh, I think, yeah, they're just closed on Thanksgiving Day. Right. So that's that's doesn't everything close on Thanksgiving Day? No. Well, no? you would think, but no. There's some places that are still open. Um, you got to have a grocery store here and there open because I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I think everything should be closed, but oh well, my! So, so apparently they're not normally closed on Thanksgiving, but this year they will. No, and their Black Friday thing starts like towards the end of the day on Thanksgiving, going into Friday. Well, I suspect it probably reflects the. Fa- I mean, look, they want. I think they're they're pitching it as a gesture to give their employees some time off after a difficult couple of years. Um, but I, I think it probably reflects as well the fact that much more of their business has gone online and they can afford to shut the stores on Black Friday on Thanksgiving because they're not that busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think so, I, you know, but, you know, they got the pharmacy and they got medicine and I don't know. I, I think that the big holidays should just be closed. You know, just... Don't even open for them. Why, why do you need Burger King open on Christmas Day? Seriously. Well, so here in the UK, well, restaurants, not fast food restaurants, but regular restaurants are, are open Christmas Day. Yeah, because that a, is kind of a tradition thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and they have a, you know, a very high margin set menu that's available on Christmas Day. Um, most other places are closed Christmas Day here in the UK. 
I mean, it is the one day. Well, there's two days. The other, the other one that that often catches people out is Easter Sunday. Easter yeah. Sunday here, a lot of stores close. Same here. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Um, and you you know, I've been caught out by and by a few times. But I kind of forget. Obviously, I'm Jewish. I'm, I kind of forget it's Easter, and I go to to go out and pick up some groceries or thing. I find oh, it's closed. What what the hell's going on? And it is disconcerting because you kind of. Less disconcerting than it used to be because we've just gone through a period where everything was shut yeah. for some time. Um, but certainly in, in the uh, in the before times, um, yeah. If you ever went out on Easter Sunday and found place closed, you were we were kind of a little bit discombobulated by that. Um, but yeah, I you know I, I, a holiday to me is a holiday, and if it's a holiday, it should be a holiday for everybody. It shouldn't just be a holiday for office workers or for. Uh, non-retail workers. I, I agree. think it should be a holiday for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So I take it Toyota's open Black Friday? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, my first couple of years on there, Black Fridays were just dead. It, yeah. You know, the manager at the time would make this big deal. No one's getting that day off and, you know, expect big crowds. And it was just dead. And it was kind of a running joke. But then in 20, I'm going to say 2018 or 2019, I think it was 2018, it was moderately busy, and I sold a couple of cars on Black Friday. And then right. in 2019, we were hammered. I couldn't believe it. It was just, it was insane. And I was like, where, why are, who the heck is shopping for cars on Black Friday? That's a big retail thing, not going to the dealership. Yeah. Because all the finance places are closed, you know? Yeah. So uh, in 2020, we were, uh, well, it's pretty dead. Yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know if it's going to be busy this Black Friday or not. We don't have a lot of inventory, and yet I sold two cars yesterday. So I was going to say, I, I think that that's going to be your problem is supply, isn't it? I mean, well, I, what, what's I got one point one million dollars in pre-car sales right now. Yeah. Just me. But what? But what's your position in terms of? I mean, are you? If somebody comes in, do you sell used cars as well? I do. Is that is that that's not a separate department? Well, it is, but new guys can sell used stuff, and used guys can sell new stuff. There's no, you can't sell a used car, because quite often I'm showing someone a new car, and the more we talk, I'm like, "Mm, they can't really afford a new car, and hey, I've got a used one over here. Um, So that's, I mean, not all the time, but and Toyota buyers are kind of unique in that. You know, there are some dealerships that, you know, they walk in the door and the first thing you do is have someone fill out a credit app, like if you work at Nissan. Yeah. Uh, Toyota's customers generally um, skew a little bit older. Uh, about half of the people that we sell cars to just pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. I always make the joke, we need 20s. They always, yeah. people get a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, although I did have a guy come in once with tiny little envelopes full of cash. Each one, each little envelope was like 500 bucks. Right. Um, wasn't suspicious at all. I was going to say, was he wearing, suspicious? Was Don't he wearing be. a suit, and did he have an Italian accent? No, no. <laughs> um, I. It depends on the person, but realistically, a lot of Toyota buyers are um, a little bit more well-to-do. They're a little bit more educated in the car market. They know why they're spending a little bit more for the Toyota. Um, so a lot of my customers, when they come for a new car are buying a new car, but there are a good percentage that, and look, there's people that will never buy a used car and there are people who will never buy a new car, new car. Yeah. You know, not because of the the money or they look at the value. Some people don't see the value and 
buying a car with a bunch of miles on it already and it's that much closer to you know repairs whereas other people are like i don't want to spend the money on a new car because it depreciates so fast yeah so i i don't know it, it all depends on the customer uh, my job is to listen to little cues or clues that i should be kind of walking over to the used car market the biggest one that i get though when people come in and they go do you sell used cars so that helps me out a lot when they do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of so, fact, they so do. So I saw your uh, Facebook post this morning about the customer going, you, you were just not yeah, so, saying why. So I'll, I'll tell you this story. <laughs> so I get this call uh, last week. He had called in, this, this particular person had called in, got another salesman who accidentally answered the phone via the computer and didn't mean to and didn't realize that that had happened. Right. Um, about 30 seconds into it, because she had a customer in her office. She hears through the little tiny speaker, hello, hello, hello. And she went, she kind of panicked and accidentally hung up on the guy. So this guy calls back again and is irate. They got hung up on. And uh, so they get me. So I talk to this person. The first thing he says is he's called a bunch of dealerships. Yeah. Which is like, oh, goody. Um, And uh, he wants a Prius. But he wants a particular Prius. So I explained to him on the phone, well, right now, no Toyota dealership can actually order a car. We just get allocations. Um, If it's built in the U.S., we can actually put a change order in on a vehicle if it's in our allocation and it's far enough out, i.e., you want uh, a black RAV4. Well, we have one in allocation, but except it's gray, but it's not even going to be built for another three weeks. I can request a change to make it black. The problem is the Prius is 100% made in Japan, and we yeah. could do that for a while, but we're not getting allocations until after the car is built, anything coming out of Japan. Yeah. Obviously, I can't put a change order on something that's already built and sitting on a boat. Yeah. So this guy tells me what he wants, and I explain to him the current you know, yeah. situation. He thanks me, and then I get a call from him a couple hours later. I'm actually driving home at this point. And he says, I like you the best of everyone I've talked to. You, you're giving me straight answers. And that's what I want. Okay. I want to buy a car from you. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Text me exactly what you want and a copy of your driver's license because I can't give you a quote without knowing who you are. Got to have address yeah. and stuff. I know yeah. he's in Indiana, so the tax is different there than it is in Michigan, for instance. Then nothing until yesterday. He calls me and... Um, Tells me, reiterates, he wants to buy a car. And I'm like, great. Like I said, I need to know, blah, blah, blah. So then he proceeds to tell me what he wants. Well, I had had a customer a couple days before wanting a very similar vehicle. And I know for a fact there's none out there, nor is Toyota even building that one right now. Yeah. So I tell him that. Well, there are none out there. I actually did a search for almost this identical car. Different color, but everything else is the same. And I looked through the entire United States. There's literally zero on the ground right now. He says, well, I want it by January. And I reiterate, well, you, I, like yeah. I told you, I can't order a vehicle right yeah. now. Nor are there any out there. And he says, well, I figured if I order it now, if he, if he orders it now, it'll be here in January. I said, no, it, it won't be. Yeah. Even if they were making them right now. And even if today, boom, they, I got one in my allocation, it's going to come exactly what you want. It's two months minimum before it gets here. Yeah, because you can't air freight a car. Right. It's coming from Japan. Yeah. 
So it takes about, on average, in, in good times, 30 days to get across the ocean, get to Portland, and then get on a train and start heading uh, here. Oh, by the way, yeah, global shipping at the moment is also, <laughs> you know, kind of screwed. Yeah. And that's when he says, Tim, you're not giving me the answers I want to hear. But, right. So here's the thing, okay, is I don't understand. I get this a lot as well. Yeah, a lot of our consultancy business in my job is on the back of you trust us. Yeah, you, we've built a relationship with you. We've worked with you in the past. You know us in the past. Or you like the way we talk to you compared to other consultancies. So we're going to use you. And so then they hire you to do a job and you do all the due diligence and you actually do the work and you write a report that summarizes your findings and you give it to them and they go to you, yeah, we don't like these these results. We don't, we don't want to do what you're recommending us. And it's just like at that point you just think, well, okay, so you said you trust us. You said you wanted independence and you wanted an objective view and we've given you the objective view and you're saying, yeah, we don't like that answer, so we're going to ignore it. In sales, like- <laughs> there's this thing called the exception rule. The exception rule is when you have a customer, and I don't care what industry it is, they are the exception. And what I mean by that is, it, so my guy was an exception customer. Yes, I acknowledge that there's a huge shortage. Yes, I acknowledge that there are shipping problems. Yes, 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 I understand all that. This is what I want. You're going to be able to get it to me because I'm special. Yeah. Because I'm the exception to everybody else. If I really want this, I'm going to be able to get it. Because I've blown smoke up your ass about how how nice I think you are. Therefore, Mm -hmm. you're going to not do the mean things you do to all the other customers. Correct. Not give give them what they want. Yes. Because every salesman really, you know, if somebody comes in and I want something specific and I, here's, here, take my money. Every salesman goes, I don't really want, want to sell you exactly what you want and just make an easy transaction. I want to sell you something you don't want. Well, actually, there are to- some salesmen, I know this for a fact, that there might be a spiff on a certain car or yeah, in a no, television yeah. when you're in the... So that does actually happen occasionally, uh, but... Yeah, but it's, it, again, yeah, that's the that's, exception. That's the exception, the no. So, so this guy says, Tim, you're not telling me what I want to hear. And I go, uh, I realize you would like to hear a different answer, but I'm actually telling you the truth. Yeah. And he says, well, it sounds to me like you don't want my money. And I said, well, it sounds to me like you want something that no dealership in the United States can get you. Yeah. And he's silent for a minute and he goes, so in other words, you don't want my money. Yeah. And at this point I was real irritated and I go, yeah. no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> So there's times that you have to fire a customer. You just got to, I I had one guy, go ahead. To be honest with you, I mean, the situation, I would have thought that guy was troubled from the fact that he called the dealership, he got hung up on, and he was so annoyed by that that rather going and calling somebody else, he called you back. No, that doesn't surprise me a bit. No, that's, I get that. Um, You know, know, well, is is this going to be one of those ones where you're not going to hear from the guy and then after Christmas he's going to call you again and he's going to pretend none of that happened? Yes, that's exactly what he'll be like. That's 100% correct. Yeah. And he'll be like, hey, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, Tim. Remember me? Mm -hmm. Can we get get my order in now? So, so you know, is things better now? Can I get my car? No. Um, I told him, I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take a deposit. I'm happy to put the order in for you. The order consists of you go on a spreadsheet, and when I get something that matches, I call you. Yeah. Um, 
and I told him, I said, you know, it could be six months before you get this car. Yeah. Well, he didn't like that. But I was honest with him, and that's what I try to do in all my dealings with customers. I know that car salesman has a bad rep for good reasons. They still do some really poor things. I think I explained about the lady with the Corolla a couple weeks ago, yeah? You did, yeah. 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 So... Yeah, there's some shady people out there. Um, no, I had I'm it, not I had, one of them. I had it to me, you remember, about a year I do, ago, yeah. Where, where the guy said, yeah, we got a car, and then, then it turned out he had 12,000 more miles than what he said. Yeah, I, I had, I, you, sometimes you do have to fire customers, though. Customers yeah. are not always yeah, right. I understand that, you know, and sometimes, I a, I, sometimes yeah, you, you just realize that actually this customer is so high demanding that dealing with them um, is more trouble it's not, it's Usually it's not the high demand. I can deal with that. I'm pretty good at a. I, I'm great at reading people. As an example, uh, a couple came in a month ago. Another salesman showed them a Rav Four. They drove it, um, and then nothing. Now the bad part is the salesman did zero follow up. Yeah, didn't call, didn't email, didn't text, nothing. So after their showroom visit. It was complete silence. That's not acceptable at all. So I have this customer come in that I'm dealing with, and I see this other couple, and they're waiting. And I knew that they were waiting for another salesperson. So it had been like 25 minutes, and they're giving me the, gee, they're not giving me, but I can see it on the, the Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? And what the yeah. hell is going on? So I, I get up there because the other salesman has a customer already. Mm-hmm. So I go, is, I know you're waiting for so-and-so. Is there anything I can do while you're waiting for you? And the lady says, well, do we have to talk to so-and-so again? And, of course, I go, no, you could talk to whoever you like to talk to. They yeah. go, that's great. We want to talk to you. So the problem is twofold, okay? Number one, uh, the other salesman is fairly new, even though she knows she needs to do follow-up. She didn't. Yeah. But she mistakenly thought because they didn't rather she didn't like the RAV4 that this they're not going to buy a car. Yeah. Um, that was mistake number one. Mistake number two is the receptionist. It's a part time person didn't tell the other salesman they were sitting there waiting for them. Right. So it was a failure on two fronts. I sold them a car, of course. Mm-hmm. Usually, I would split the sale with the other salesman, but because that other salesman didn't do her job, didn't yeah. do any follow-up. The sales manager looked at it and goes, no, you're not splitting this one. Right. I would have chosen to split it, but the sales manager yeah. was like, no. You mm-hmm. sold them a car. They didn't do any follow-up. So, um, But here's a, here's a couple examples of customers I have fired. Uh, the first one, I'm dealing with this couple. They're not from the United States, and the way they, they negotiate is different than the way we negotiate here in um, in the United States. They were super cool for a while. We get into the office. Now, this is when we had inventory and, you know, there yeah. are negotiations. And I present the numbers. And at this point, the husband smashes his hand down on my desk really hard, about knocks my monitor over, mm. and, and yells at me that he is not paying that kind of money and and uh, I calmly stood up, stood by my door, and did the the Vanna White waving yes. out. Yeah. I said, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. And the woman, the, his wife, her eyes got as big as saucers, I swear to God. 
And he goes, really? And I was like, yep, really, time to go. So that was one example. You don't, you're not going to come in my office and start. That's not happening. Unfortunately, in that case, probably her eyes are wider sources because he was going to take it out on her when they go home. Probably. Um, yeah. But I know the culture he came from, that is how they negotiate. It's acceptable to do that there. Except you're not in that country right now, dude. You, yeah. If you're going to come here and negotiate, you, you can't do that kind of crap. And you yeah. should, And he was old enough to know better. Yeah. Uh, the second one, I'll give you an example of. I'm in my office. The customer doesn't like the price that we're giving. I explain, you know, that's, I even show him the invoice. I'm like, that's as far as we can go on this. Yeah. He literally picks up his phone, well, he pulls it out of his pocket, and dials my competitor, mm-hmm. another Toyota dealership. And I look at him and I said, are you calling so-and-so? And he was like, yep. And I said, get out of my dealership. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he goes, what? I said, get out. Yeah. What do you mean, get out? I said, you're not shopping my competitor sitting in my office. Yeah. I said, "You get out of my office. Get out of the dealership. We're not selling you a car. And he left. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if you thought that was a good move or something, but you're not going to come in here and insult me. What are you, crazy? Yeah. Most customers, 95% of them, are great. I'd say probably 99%. They're great. People are yeah. people. I don't try to sell anything. I just show them cars, explain the technology, showing prices. That's all I do. There's, yeah. there's, there's no magic. Now, I'm really good at it because I think because I'm honest with people. When I say I'm going to do something, that's what I do. But when you deal with the public, <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy that the Walmart people are getting the, the Thanksgiving off. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not shopping at Walmart. <laughs> Something about that place is just, I don't know. It, it, don't get me wrong, the, the stores are clean and, you know, they got a lot of stuff. And their prices are generally a little better than everybody else, but not, not drastically so. But I don't know. There's something about the vibe. Well, you know what? It's everybody's right and choice to shop wherever they want. And there that's you go. Absolutely fine. That is that is the um, you know the capitalist market is yeah. that you can choose to shop wherever you want to shop to. And yeah, some people like Walmart, some people don't. Some people don't like Walmart but shop there anyway. Um, you know, and some people hate shopping completely and still have to shop. So uh, you think you know, a lot of people are shopping for the uh, what are these the the Norda track that you're telling me about right now? Uh, what's what's the story there? Right, so Nordtrack is this is one of these um, Silicon Valley type companies like Peloton, where they they sell you an expensive treadmill, uh, and they have their own subscription. I service. don't think Nordtrack is considered a Silicon Valley company, are they? Oh, I don't I don't know, but they, I think Nordtrack's been around a long time. Dude. They've de- they're definitely copying the Peloton model, and Peloton are a Silicon Valley company. Yes. So yeah, so to compete with Peloton they will sell you one of these um, treadmills that has a service that you pay for that does you know encouragement and different types of of um, workouts um, and it controls the treadmill and presumably does the pitch and the speed yeah they are funded in yeah. 75 yeah, exactly by the way. yeah um, in Minnesota so, okay <laughs> about yeah, so, the farthest right. and their headquarters are in Utah not right, a Silicon well, Valley company they're aping Silicon Valley <laughs> Well, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. So um, the problem with this particular product is that um, by default, 
that's all you get. So you only get their service. Now that means that you, you this thing has a big thirty. Yeah, you got a big big screen big, in the front big of it. Big screen right in the front, and the only thing you can watch on it is their subscription service. But it turns out it had a, a pretty easily accessible what they call the God mode. Um, by pressing keystrokes in a certain pattern, you put it in the service mode, and in service mode, the thing's just an Android tablet, and you can put whatever you want on it. So, of course, plenty of people want to watch YouTube, or they want to watch uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix yeah. while they're working out. What do they care? It's their yeah, it's exactly. their thing. They own it. They could watch whatever they want. They they still bought the product. What do those companies exactly. care? So it's, it's pretty much an open secret that um, this is what you do, and plenty of people have been doing it. And anyway, Nortrack decided recently that they didn't want people doing that anymore and so they pushed out most updates to these things to this nord track apparently are voluntary it flags up a thing saying update available click here to install at your convenience this one didn't this one was a silent update and it basically removed access to god mode uh and so all of a sudden people go to do their workout and youtube's gone and netflix is gone and and they can't listen to their music anymore and everything they're back with the subscription thing and uh, people were pretty ticked off about this. And, and it really does cross that line between what is your right as the purchaser of a fairly expensive treadmill to use it in the way you want to versus the right of the uh, manufacturer to push updates to it to keep you in their ecosystem. Because that is absolutely what this is all about. Nordtrack have said, oh, you know, if you put it in a service mode, then you might um, do something with the treadmill that makes it dangerous Exactly and what Apple was saying back in the day when people were, um, you know, jailbreaking their iPhones. Yeah, and and I think I think Nordtrack is trying to say there's actually a physical safety issue here because you it's could, got moving parts. It's got moving parts and all of that. Yeah, you could um, you could pro put some sort of app on there that basically would turn the Nordtrack into a a, a treadmill a, a fla- machine, a flash a flash time machine. Thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and of course, yes, the uh, the more cynical of us might say, well, actually, what this is all about is making sure that people continue to subscribe to your your crappy video service. Um, do you think and, it's and, Do you think it is one or the other? Or do you think it well, is a combination well, of both? I would, I would say, say it's ninety five percent keeping them in the ecosystem, and five percent, you know, they could really screw themselves over if they. Well, yeah, because I would say if you know that a lot of your customers are putting it into God mode so they can watch their own content, and you're concerned for their safety and that alone then what i would do is push an update that allows them to watch their own content or your subscription thing yes um because you know customer choice is is suggesting they don't want to watch your subscription thing they want to watch youtube so safely push an update that allows them to do that but just removing it (laughs) i assume that like this the story that i was reading here on wired the guy got the nordatrack x32i four thousand four thousand dollars it's got a 32-inch HD screen. Yeah. I assume that the controls to the, the whole thing is through the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when you start hacking that screen. But then again, it's, it's their product. They paid for it. They paid $4,000 for it. Yeah. You yeah. do whatever the hell you want with it. Well, that's. I think that's the problem. Part of it is the price. Um, the fact is, is that people, you know, the more you pay for something like that, the more expecting, expectant you are to be able to do your own thing. Secondly, it's taking away functionality that was there before for what appears to be a, a pretty capricious reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, 
I say I, for four thousand dollars, I I kind of would side with the customer here. I would expect to be able to do more with it than just watch. All right, hold their, on a minute. Watch I'm their gonna, canned content. I'm, I'm going to go to Facebook real quick. This is going to be a mistake because this is all I'm going to see for two weeks now. Uh, and I'm going to go to Marketplace and I'm going to search for uh, treadmill. Treadmill. All right. So I can buy. All right, here we go. Perfect. Manual walking treadmill. So it's only going to go as fast as you go, right? Mm-hmm. $55. And it ships to you, so it's a brand new one. And it's got a handle on the front. So between that, a $20 iPad mount, or let's go real cheap, just a tablet mount. Yeah. And then what? Well, $85 I, for a Kindle uh, Fire? Kindle Fire HD 10, yeah. Yeah, so then I can watch anything I want while I'm walking on this treadmill. Well, sounds like yes. a better deal to me. Here's one for $190 and, and you've got some controls on it. And you could still put your own tablet on there and watch. So, so here's the thing. I've just put treadmill into Amazon. Mm-hmm. And the first one I've got is a, a walking treadmill, uh, an electric one for £268. And then there's a Nordic Track T-Series, which is a sponsored listing with a 30-day iFit membership. And iFit is their subscription service. And that's £1,299. Now, it, it has a screen on it that the other one doesn't, but it's, it's not worth a £1,000 more, especially with the lock-in you get on it. Um, you know, oh, wow, there's one here that um, the Bluefin Fitness Kick 5. This is £1,500, and it looks like it has the console from the Starship Enterprise in front of you while you're running. There you go. That's something else. Um, yeah, I see that one. Yeah, That's look, crazy. look I, I, I mean, I think... You're absolutely right. If you want the treadmill and you're going to watch your own content, there are far cheaper ways of doing it than buying the Nordic one. Um, but by the same token, if you've spent that sort of money on a on a treadmill, and it and there are ways of you doing that to just suddenly take it away, and and then also try and make out it's for your own personal safety, it's going to stick in the craw a little bit. So I, I'm interested to see how Nordic Track responds to this because. Obviously, the way this tends to work is the public blowback becomes too intense for them, and they backtrack. Speaking of backtrack, Apple kind of did something very similar this week. They uh, announced that people could now fix their. It was was it just phones? It's the eleven and twelve. Uh, sorry, the twelve. I think it's the eleven. Uh, sorry, or maybe even the twelve and thirteen. I think it's the twelve and thirteen iPhone. Yeah, yeah. They're basically they're launching a repair program. Um, and this is being seen as a victory for the right to repair movement, such as it is. So they're launching a, rep- a spares and repairs program where uh, you will be able to review a repair manual to see how to save, fix your broken iPhone screen and then order the appropriate parts and tools from Apple uh, and then repair it yourself rather so, than take it into Apple and yeah. have them do it. So... I know the right to repair people are like, yay, this is a victory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll give you the victory. Sure. I will also give you that 98% of people should never attempt to fix their own iPhone screen. I could have be honest. Yeah. I've, I've had quite with, with the work stuff that's come through recently when we replaced our phones, I've dealt with a lot of iPhones recently. And some of them I have had repaired. I would not want to do that myself. No. Even though... 
I like to think that I'm reasonably technically savvy. You and I, I can do it, but my wife, your wife, they're going to fix their own iPhone screen? No, not only that. It's not only these, these My wife is not ver- technical at all. Yeah. No, the, these parts are, are these, they're very small. They're very fragile. In which in which our wives could probably do a better job than we can because I have maybe. replaced the screen on an iPhone, I'm going to say 4S, and good God, everything is so damn small and... And and also, Glued you, you really the... have to worry about getting dust in there. Oh yeah, uh, and breaking something else. It's, I've I've done repairs in the past where I, I've been halfway through the repair and realised I've actually broken something else and completely bricked the device. Yep, yep. So there's there. that as well. Now, the argument will be that um, proper repair shops who do this all the time will be the ones who really benefit from this because they'll be able to use official Apple parts. Yeah. The question then is if you. Know, th- I presume these are going to be the parts are going to be um, as original Expensive. parts are going to be at the top end of the cost scale. Yeah. Um, and um, how many? How many? And a repair shop needs to put their own margin on that as well. So does that does that really help? The, well, the they probably is, give the people an option. I mean, I would. Yeah. I'd say you can get the OEM parts, and it's going to be four fifty nine to replace the screen. Yeah. But or you can get you know uh, the non OEM parts, and it's going to be three three ten. So, um, having done a, having had a few screen repairs done on on, um, I think I had a ten R done. Um, done. Yeah, my son R. has the ten R. Yeah, um, you can get mixed results. I mean, I was very happy with the quality repairs in that there was no dust. Um, oh, no, I tell a lie. Actually, there was one that had discoloration on the bottom of the screen it looked like it was dust and I had to send that back and have it done again but the problem with the OEM parts is that sometimes bits of it don't work so for instance I got one back where the um, the uh, True Tone stopped working and it was because they hadn't done a software procedure to kind of move the registration over from the old phone to the new phone so I had to send it back for that I've had some where they, they've put an OEM panel in and it just doesn't look as good as well and having said that, there are I've had others done where um, you couldn't tell the difference. You really couldn't, and you wouldn't know. I, however, I did have one recently. I forget which model of phone it was, but when you turn the phone on after you'd had it repaired, basically you put a pop-up in the screen saying, uh, this is Apple here telling you this is not an original part. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it was right there in the middle of the screen, and that is when you kind of think, oh, come on, Apple. Yeah, you know. Is that Apple calling you? Mm, no. <laughs> this is. Do you recognize the sound? I do. It's, I'm it's Nintendo. Yeah. With your get your Nintendo uh, game and watch. Yay! They were so smart. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I, I've I've got one here. I've charged it up. I haven't had time to play it. Yet. Anyway, the screen is too small. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get that repaired by Apple either. Um, so it'll I, probably I think, be easier I think to Apple, fix this than an iPhone. Probably. I think Apple have done this to try and get the right to repair people off their backs, and they've got regulatory pressure on them as well. Yeah, they're I think that's to, exactly it. They're planning to extend this program to MacBooks as well in the future, allegedly. Um, you know, yeah. Look, you and I both know the reality is is that nine, we we see people wandering around with broken Android phones all the, all time. the time. Yeah, I've seen and, them with iPhones broken the screen. Yeah. But, you know, the reality actually is that even if you've got a, 
a relatively new iPhone and you go and take it to Apple, the price they charge you for a new screen is not really that expensive. No. Um, and for batteries, it's less. And then you've got a warranty and the fact that Apple themselves are doing it. Um, but the reality is, is some people want to be able to do it themselves and that's fine. Now they have the right to do that. And that's great. I, I, don't I think like this is the gonna... thought of I could fix my own iPhone screen. I've got an iPhone 12 Pro. Um, if my screen cracked, um, I like the thought that I could go get it or I could fix it myself, even though realistically, you wouldn't ever do it. I don't, I don't want to. I can't, um, do I have the ability? Absolutely. So do you. Yeah. Do I want to spend an hour and getting eye strain? No, I don't. I don't want to do it because I'm scared I'm going to screw it up even more because we have the experience. Yeah. And our experience says, you know, there's a good 80% chance that you're going to make things worse. Even if there isn't, the reality of doing something like that is that unless you're very experienced, you can't do it efficiently. Correct. So unless you're doing it all the time and a guy in a repair shops does it all the time is, is probably very good at it but you or I having never done it before or only done it once in a blue moon it would take three times as long as it would as it would normally do and probably I don't think most times I would break something else but I know what would happen is I would put it all together again and realise I'd either missed something or there was a bit that was fiddly and I kind of ended up thinking I'd done it and in fact I hadn't and then I'd have to take it all apart and do it again and that that's really what puts me off yep. is the fact the fact that I wouldn't want to do that and and at, at this well, look it depends on your financial circumstances as well at at our age if you've got the money you just yeah you just then, get you, it then you just go I want somebody else to do yeah. this and I'll pay somebody yeah. to do this if you're 22 then, years old and yeah. you just graduated from college and you're broke yeah. you're gonna want to do it yourself I get it yeah, yeah. Uh, what, I think there be- should always be a right to repair I think that. When you take that ability away, or you you, and what Nordic Trek did, when you push out something yeah. uh, without the user's consent, and they could say, "Well, you signed the agreement." But shut up. Um, <laughs> when, when you when you take that away from people, I think that it is, if not illegal, it's morally wrong. And yeah. how does a company have morals? Well, they do. Yeah. You know, it's the people who run the company, who make the decisions. That's where the morality of a company comes from. Yeah. And it says a lot about a company like Nordatrack that says, we're going to push this out and we're going to completely make it so you can't do this anymore. And we're going to have bullshit reasons why you can't. Yeah, I think that's the thing that really kind of annoys is, is, is when... Uh, every single company does this. Whenever they make a change, no matter how bad it's received, they kind try and make out that they're doing it as a favour to the customer. Yes. When they are most on, I wish they would just come out and say, well, yeah, you know, how do you expect us to continue to make these devices if you don't pay the subscription? And then you that say, because you charge $4,000 when yeah. I bought it. That's how. There is that. Um, yeah. Again, you know. Um, but you know, Apple has, been, has put up with this for years where people have said, and you, you worked in the industry, and you've told us about how hostile Apple was towards independent repairers. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. Um, and so this, like many things of Apple recently, whether they're motivated by completely altruistic reasons or just regulatory pressure or public opinion, whatever, the point is, is they've gotten to the point where they've said, let's let's make a change uh, of our established policy and do the right thing. Yep. And, um, 
And let's least, be honest, the cynical part of me is thinking Apple's saying this and they're going to allow this because people are really going to break their shit when they try to fix it and then they're going to have to buy a new one. There is. There is, <laughs> that, is that is part of it too. What's going to be interesting really is... is, is, is um, I don't know I, how well, they track that, us, but I think it's going to happen. What I also found interesting is is following this, the, the responses online to this, is you get some people who hail Apple and go, you know what, they've done the right thing, finally. And then, then you get people who just basically throw in every other complaint they've got about Apple yep. and say, well, yeah, but they've done this, but they haven't done, right? And they haven't, um, you know, their software's still terrible. And, uh, yeah, you're always you know, they won't that, let, They won't let you, yeah, well, they, they might let you fix your phone, but you still can't sideload apps, so screw Apple. Yep. <laughs> And uh, that's the uh, you know it doesn't matter what you, what you what you do you're never wrong. Yeah, you can I never think. you can never please all the people all the time. We'll just have to see though what the pricing for this looks like because it would be very easy to say oh yeah we can offer you the parts and then really jack up the price of the parts and make it more expensive than going to Apple to get it fixed. Well, why would they ever do that, David? That's, <laughs> that would that's be just evil. Evil. We want your money. Um, yeah. I, the right to repair should just be a, a, a given, but um, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only that as well. I mean, we have benefited from from not having repairable devices. Yeah. This iPhone, I've got an iPhone 13 here. I picked up a couple of weeks ago. And it's a really nice phone, yeah? But it would not be as thin, as light, and as powerful as it is if it was built from the ground up designed for the ground up to be able to take the part with screws so you can replace any part that you wanted guy I work with has been a die hard die hard android guy since the beginning i mean he was all in on android and then about two months ago he got way into fitness i mean and he's lost a ton of weight i mean right he's really doing it right but he bought uh, some exercise equipment North and I don't, I don't know what it is I honestly don't. It might be Peleon. I don't know. Peloton, but yeah. Peloton, whatever. I don't care. I'm fat and I don't care. Um, so the problem is there's apps for it. He's all excited. But yeah. guess what they don't run on? Android. <laughs> yeah. So he decides. Well, I Quite honestly, I was shocked by this. He And really, it started because of the Apple Watch. That's what he yeah. really wanted. But he can't use an Apple Watch at least not effectively, with an Android device. So, boom, he's going to Apple now. And he asks me a ton of questions. How do I do this? And I show him my mind. Well, how do I do this? So he says, it's not all that different then, is it? I was like, no, but it, I think, in, in my opinion, it's way more intuitive. And um, just the device itself is just... It, I, even the best Android phone still in your hand doesn't feel as nice as an iPhone for generally. But that's an, a personal opinion, and you may disagree. So he gets an IT, or a iPhone 13 Pro Max. Cool. I mean, and um, he's a big guy. I, I, yeah, that's fine. I might, I, in, my, he went in his all position, in. yeah, I, I mean, and, as I say, go all in. I might have bought an older iPhone and tried it out first. No, this, honest, if, if you know this guy, it's all, it's right. all or nothing. It's all yeah. or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So he calls me over because he wants to show off his new, IT, uh, his new iPhone. Yeah. And I'm marveling at it. I'm looking at the sides of it. I'm like, this is really nice in my hand. Yeah. They I think they made this I think this is nicer than my iPhone twelve. Yeah. So I pull out my iPhone twelve and decide 
does mine really look like this? Because I've had it in the case since I got it. So I took it out of the case, and, oh, no, mine's really nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. haven't seen it without the case. That's right. Um, and so now he's been in the iPhone ecosystem, uh, I'm going to say maybe two weeks. And he will never go back to Android, according to him. No. He goes, this is just, I wish I would have known how much better everything is on the iPhone than Android. He goes, it's not even close. And I, I go play with my old I, uh, Android phone now before he sent it in. Um, and he goes, it just feels clunky. It feels like I'm using a Chevy when I'm using my Android. And this feels like a Toyota, which, okay, we work for yeah. Toyota. I get the analogy. Yeah. But it was, it was, I don't want to say eye-opening because I've seen it before. But with this guy in particular, I was really surprised he took to it the way he did. But I'm not surprised because of the device and, and knowing who he is. I'm not surprised he really likes it. I guess I should say I'm surprised he made the change at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 what I find interesting is, is I've always understood from what I've seen about uh, in the, you know, kind of I read these magazines like um, T3 and stuff and things like that, which are basically just tech magazines. And they do a lot of the health stuff and and they often say that they think that the apple watch is a final rounder but actually if you want fitness and fitness alone that some of the vertical devices like fitbit or the garmin ones actually are better fitness trackers than the iphone than the uh, apple but watch. it doesn't tie into the equipment that you can no, get no, now that, well, that's, that's exactly it's, it's the, the whole ecosystem yeah. yes yeah. and and i say that as a as you know a an ardent Apple Watch user and uh, love and, my and well, you're so. uh, way into fitness like I am. Oh, of course, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, a bagel in the other room is calling my name right now. <laughs> We've got donuts downstairs. Yeah. Oh, I got bagels. We got. I like a nice toasted bagel. I don't even have to put anything other. Than, I got to put butter on it, but yeah. I don't honestly have to put anything. And I no, honestly I'm with a bagel, I just like butter on it. I like yeah, the flavor of the bagel. I don't need cream cheese and peanut. Although. Peanut butter on a toasted bagel is—that's a nice little lunch right there. But it is, it is, yeah. But I agree with you. If I'm if I'm toasting a bagel, uh, or even having a, a non-toasted bagel, just yeah. having it as it comes, uh, butter is is all I'm after. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not really interested in anything else. Absolutely. So with uh, the bagel comments, we're going to wrap up tech <laughs> fan this week. <laughs> no, you mean bagel fan? Bagel fan. I think well, that's what we're changing the show yeah. to. I did try. My wife likes them. I tried what the everything bagel. Mm. It, yeah. yeah, it's not good. Yeah. I like I just a plain bagel. I don't yeah. need... Don't give me a bagel that has, like, cheese already inside of it, or yeah. don't give me an onion bagel, or... I, just give me a friggin' plain bagel. I don't I do need have, all this other crap. I do have a soft spot for cinnamon raisin, but... Um, well, I don't mind cinnamon, butter and cinnamon on top of it, you know, after it's yeah. toasted. That's pretty good. But that's... I just... At the... It, 95% of the time, I just want a plain bagel with butter. Yep. And I like the edges just a little bit just a little crunchy. Just. <laughs> yes, you know the problem with the bagel, though, and it's way more than toast could even. When you toast a bagel, I think you have to measure the heat factor using the sun as uh is a measurement counterpart because when you toast a bagel i don't know why they get way hotter than anything else that i could cook in the oven it it literally will melt your skin off if you touch it too quickly 
two things I have for that. First of all, our toaster has a bagel mode where it only toasts one side, mm. um, which is yeah. I, so it. I, I'm, having said that, I don't know which side it toasts. Yeah, I just well, know it only toasts one side. It only takes one bagel to find out. <laughs> yeah, I've never and it will be wrong the first time you try I, it. I never use the bagel mode, to be honest. I just no. weapon the toaster. But yeah. the second thing, and this is this is a life-changing hack, right? We discovered about 12 months ago toaster tongs. And wow. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, life is completely and utterly different. Yeah, yeah, I just use a fork. Well, yeah, but this is the thing. You use a fork and then you're thinking, oh, I might electrocute myself, I might break the toaster and that. Toaster tongs, and you just think, you buy them and then you think, why the hell did I never have these before? Why yep. doesn't the toaster come with these? I say I say I use a fork, but generally I don't because then I dirty a fork and I have to put that in the dishwasher. Exactly. And I'm so, like, yeah, I'll just yeah. pull it out. <laughs> Four bucks on Amazon for a wooden pair of toaster tongs with a magnet in the end so you can stick them to the side of the toaster. And I tell you, your life will be complete. With that, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan. We'd love to get your feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. You could always go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a message in the show notes. We'd love to get feedback from you. Seriously, it makes our, our job a lot easier. And yeah. we uh, like to get other opinions. Anything that yeah. we talked about on the show, send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. And uh, David, we'll be back next week. Um, I, I will still be another 10 pounds heavier and slower because I have gone through Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. And I'll be Which still means, gorging myself on turkey sandwiches. Which means you won't be in any fit condition to take on the mantle of Hawkeye. That's, that's next week. yeah, I think they're releasing two or three episodes right at the beginning, which is yeah. going to be cool. Yeah. I'm getting diehard vibes. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. The, the problem is, is. Um, no, 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 no problem. No, no, we, we kind of forget, though, that with every one of these series, we've had expectations from the trailers, and then when they come out, and they kind of twist those, the, those expectations kind of change. That's so okay. I'll be interested to see They haven't made a how this bad Marvel out. series yet. There's some no. that are better than others. They've all been great. I I love the character. I'm really looking forward to it. And it's, um, it's Christmas, so this will be like a Hallmark Channel movie. There you go, yeah. <laughs> see you next week, David. Bye. Bye.